Hi, and welcome to Cheaper Sleepers. Today, I'm going to be reading you Disney's Maleficent. This is the story of the flaring Maleficent. Not the story that you think you know. Not the one that starts with the curse and ends with the dragon. No, this is what really happened. While it may have a curse and a dragon, it has much more. And for the story of lost love, found friendships, and ultimately, the power of a single kiss. Late afternoon, the sun filters across the wide expanse of thick grass, turning the green blades and gold green blades golden in the sky clouds move slowly on their unhurried movements mimicking the fluffy white sheep in the field below sitting on a nearby stone the shepherd and his four-year-old son kept watching over their flock at their feet at two at their feet sat two clyde's and their eyes closed as they relaxed, watching their watchdog duties for a moment. This was the boy's first trip to the pasture with his father. He had waited for this day forever, always the one left behind while his brothers took the flock farther and farther afield. But now it was his turn. He had run behind his father the whole day trying not to scare the sheep while the fu- well, they finally found them at the back of one of the farthest fields. Then he had hooted and hollered, mimicking his father the best he could to make the furry creatures move on. With all the new experiences and all the and all the running and yelling, the boy had worked up quite an appetite. Supper had been quickly devoured, and now he took a big bite of his sweet cake. Crumbs fell onto his lap as he enjoyed the treat. Noticing his father placed his own treat on the ground next to him, the boy cocked his head. Why don't you want your sweet cake, Papa? He asked. I'm leaving it here for the fair folk, the shepherd answered with his weathered face serious. Wasting a tree? The young boy had never heard of such a thing. Why? He asked. A smile, smiling at his son's intuitive nature, the father answered. To thank them for making the grass grow taller and helping the flowers bloom. To show that we mean them no harm. But that was not enough of an answer for the boy. He had more questions. Why do they do that? Why would we harm them for? What would we harm them for? He asked, his tiny voice full of confusion. Before saying anything, the shepherd smoothed the dirt beneath him, and with his worn boot, the soles were brown with earth and of the fields, and the tips were faded. Times had had tough of late. Though times had been tough of late, 
turns have been so of late time and the tips were faded times have been tough before saying anything the shepherd smoothed the dirt beneath him with his worn boot the soles were brown with earth and fields and the tips were faded times have been tough of late with the hen with King Henry demanding more and more of their crops and sheep every year. Things like boots, hope, and dirt were that were what the farmer held on to tight now. They're part of nature. They can they care to the plants, the animals, and even the air itself. He went he went on and scooped a handful of loose dirt and slowly made the soil wreath around the tree. Not all humans appreciate them. Some attack their land, wanting to reap all the benefits of their natural of their natural tree. Wanting to reap all the benefits of their natural Treasures. A. There have been many pointless wars between greedy humans and the fair folk. And no matter how many times both sides strive for peace, we always seem to be on the brink of another. The shepherd looked into the distance wistfully. This was too much for the boy to handle. His father was talking gibberish. Whatever he said, silly things. His mother would cuff him inside and send him out into the barn to clean the stalls. But he couldn't do that to his own father. He just asked, Why are you doing that with the dirt? It's a sign of respect, his father answered, matter-of-factly. We want the fair folk to know it's safe for them to eat. We don't want them thinking we've tried to poison them. The fairies have been the flairies have been quite mean thinking the flairies can be quite mean thinking that they've tried to be provoked. Standing up, he whistled, he whistled to the dogs and began to walk home. Behind him, the boy sat on the wall, mind racing. He had never heard of mean fairies. Mean flairies. Looking nervously over his shoulder, he scanned the large wall. Not Status field? <laughs> I don't know what that word means. That he wasn't being watched by mean fairies. He jumped off the stone, then uttering a soft cry, he raced to his father. Then when he was safely by his father's side, the boy let out a relieved sigh. He began to look around the fields, eager to catch the sight of one of the fair folk. As they moved down the hill, herding the sheep towards the farmhouse, which was just a spot in the distance, the boy peered up to the sky and down at the ground. Spotting something green on a nearby flower, he stopped and pointed out to his father. Is that one of the fair folk? He said hopefully. The shepherd shook his head. No, that's a grasshopper. Pointing at another flower, the boy once again said, is that one? Once again, the shepherd shook his head. No, that's a dragonfly, he said, realizing that until he gave his son more information, that there would be many more questions. 
Not if. The shepherd added, Not all fair folk are small. Some are big as we are. Some have wings and some don't. But they all have pointy ears. Reaching up, the boy rubbed his own ears. His eyes grew wide. Papa, I think I'm one. Sniffling a chuckle, the shepherd stopped and turned towards his son. Let me see those ears, he said, gently examining the boy's head. No, not pointy. Then he turned around. He turned his son around. He turned his son around. In no wings, either. You're just a boy. The son smiled, relieved. While he wanted to see one of the magical creatures, he definitely did not want to be one. Raising his finger, the shepherd pointed to the land that bordered their family's grazing field. If you were one of them, you'd live there. That's the moors, where all the fairies live. That's what's all the fuss about. The boy's gaze followed the finger, and his eyes grew large. He had never seen the moors before. The farmhouse was too far away. He had always heard that his brothers talked about the sheep wandering and never returning. In the warm glow of the afternoon moonlight, the moors were covered in mist, hiding anything or anyone who walked upon them. They stretched out in both directions, with tall trees that whistled towards the sky, concealing the land beyond. At the base of the trunks, the, the cattails grew tall and dampled sunshine, sunshine, reaching towards the human land as though they were curious. The little boy shivered. The cattails grew tall and dampled in sunshine, stretching out the human land as though they were curious. The little boy shivered, turning his attention to once more, turning his attention once more to the sheep. The shepherd resumed his walk down the hill. Behind him, the boy lingered, his eyes glued to the moors. He could just make out on the, he could just make out food on the ground, along with totems and talismans. That swung around the branches of the trees. The edge of the, that edge of the fairyland, squinting, he tried to make out more than mist. Unable to, the overcome, and overcome with curiosity, the young boy began to walk towards the misty glen. Moments later, he found himself on the edge of the moors, the mist clearing around him enough that he could make out rocks and small scrubs of curvet on the ground. Kneeling down, he reached into his pocket, cautiously taking half of the take placed half of the eaten placed half of the places half eaten sweet cake on the rock. Impatiently, he grabbed his wistful of dirt and splattered it on the rock. And he took a step back and waited. Nothing happened. The boy nudged the case the cake closer to the center of the rock. Still, nothing happened. Disappointed, the boy turned to go, but the sun would would be setting at any moment, and he needed to return. Home with his father, father, suddenly he heard a a soft fluttering sound behind him. The boy stopped. He turned around slowly and watched with wide eyes as a pair of small insects like essence rose over the rock edge. Quickly, the young boy ducked behind a nearby stone, his heart racing and his breath coming short with gasp. The 
essence square root as testing the air. A moment later, two tiny blue wings came into view, and the brilliant blue flurry climbed onto the rock. Her skin was almost in... in dressing? <laughs> like a dewdrop, her colorful wings were mesmerizing and fluttered behind her. She was the most beautiful thing the boy ever seen. Unaware that she had company, the tiny flurry reached out towards the sweet cake. Behind the stone, the boy felt his nose twitch. He wiggled it, trying to prevent the inevitable. But there was nothing he could do. He sneezed. Spinning around, the fairy locked eyes with the young boy. For a moment, neither of them moved, each in awe of each other. But then there was a loud tug. Then there was a loud bark, and one of the Chloe's bounded over. Before the boy could say a word, the flurry flew off, leaving the sweet cake behind. With a sigh, the boy stood up and began to walk away from the moors, his mind racing with thoughts and questions. What kind of fairy had it been? Was she young or old? Was she nice or mean? Was there many more like her? And most important, where was she going? like the first episode of Jeepers Creepers and the beginning of Disney's Maleficent. That's it. See you next time.